welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Okay, we we looked last week at authority, um, and hopefully you began to understand that you do have authority from your Father God. He gave you what has been translated. It says the right to become the children of God. But actually that word right is exousia, which means authority. He's given you the authority to be children of God. And we look very clearly at what Jesus said, you know, go out into the world, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, go do the stuff. Declare that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that was the mandate from Jesus, just go and do my stuff. And we made it quite clear that you have authority to go and do it and that was partly behind why I organized the time of healing on Sunday was because hearing that you prefer to do that than prophecy um, I thought all right well we'll get you into the thick of it and practicing that because if you've got a heart for it it's going to be easier for you to, to run with it. But today's session, uh, we're going to look at the revelatory gifts, which is going back to prophecy, going to dreams, going to visions, going to trances, um, and helping us understand them a bit more in terms of gifts of the Spirit in in ministry. And we will spend other weeks looking at healing in more detail, and uh, probably next week we'll look at words of knowledge in in detail, and we'll we'll watch a a video from a guy called Bill Sabritsky on doing words of knowledge. But I think you might be reading um, Sean Boltz's book at the moment, or have you finished that one? Finished. Finished. And what did you think of it? Um, Can you remember it? Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting book, and it's amazing to hear his stories. But, yeah, it was not always encouraging for me, because there are also a lot of Passages in this book when when he just talks about um, that there is a lot of failure in it. Uh-huh. And yeah, I mean I know that it's okay to get things wrong, <laughs> but it's yeah that's just not not as easy for me. I think you've got to come to terms with that one. I think that's one worth praying over and saying, Dad, help me. There's something here that's stopping me from believing it's okay to try and in trying I'll fail because actually you're doing the same thing in praying for the sick how many of the people you prayed for on Sunday were healed in straight away yeah one one how many did you pray for five five I don't know if it was yeah okay five pray for five one got healed that's a very good odds but you failed on four and that was okay <laughs> I don't know. That's no problem for me if I pray for healing and they are not healed. But yeah. <laughs> so there is a mind block here, Merrick. You are seeing that speaking a word is any more different, is feeling to you more different because you're you're saying some words and somebody might go off and be a missionary in Africa because of what you've said. I'm just making that example up. And I'm saying, well, we're not in that category yet. We're not in the Sean Boltz category of prophecies. We're still really in the encouraging and, you know, making things that are, are, are 
making people feel happy about their relationship with Jesus. And there's nothing really wrong in any of that. It's good stuff. So you might need to think about why is there a block in me in this one? And maybe get a so-so on it. Might never know, might show you something. Um, anyway, how about yourself, Tebron? What did you think of the book? Pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. The stories were encouraging, but the things that are wrong in prophecy that he talked about were not that encouraging. True. But it, did you not see the process of learning through it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I mean, he talked about spending 15 years learning to have words of knowledge, practicing every day, practicing to get names, national insurance numbers, registration numbers of cars, streets where people live. So when you see, I mean, he came here to... Uh, minister in our church and oh, gosh he gave some stunning accurate um, words of knowledge for Ruth Hack and um, for uh, Celia Dean uh, you know Ben Dean's wife they were stunningly accurate but that comes on the back of 15 years of practicing and so you're right at the beginning and you know we just use the example of healing you know one out of five that means very good odds right um, and you're willing to run with that and I'm trying to encourage you prophecy, words of knowledge one out of five, really good you know, run with it that's the whole process we're going to be in so we're going to look in a bit more detail in these revelatory gifts you've spent a week looking at prophecy but I'm going to take us a bit further and a bit deeper with the whole thing Okay, that's my intention anyway but let's go back to the beginning you know being baptised in the Holy Spirit, that is the Father's promise. The Father promised that he would send the Holy Spirit to us. Jesus said, I'm going to have to go back to the Father, and it's good that I do that because the Holy Spirit's going to come. And we've been spending weeks now just thinking about the Holy Spirit and how fantastic he is. Um, but when the Holy Spirit came, he came with all of himself and all of his giftings and came into you I think for long enough in the church we've considered well that person has the gift of prophecy and that person has the gift of healing and that person has the gift of miracles and we, we separated people out like that and, and true in an individual the gifting can develop like just choose you Merrick if you're keen on praying for the sick, you don't get at all concerned about it and you practice and practice and practice, that gift will just develop in you. But because you don't fancy the prophetic gift or you have your own views as to why it's difficult, you won't practice it and it won't develop. And therefore, observationally, we'll go, oh, look, there's Merrick. He's got the gift of healing. And there's Alan. He's got the gift of prophecy. And that's what we did. But the reality was, we have the Holy Spirit in us, and he came with everything. So he came with everything into you, and it says in Scripture, earnestly desire the gifts. In fact, Paul says, earnestly desire the higher gifts. Encourages you, that whole desire is, I want more of these. Why not for you to have a trophy, so that you have got, I 
I've got a gift of healing. It's nothing to do with that. It is so that you can express that love of Father to anybody that's out there. We're going to watch a short bit of a video later on that just shows people who have spent time developing the giftings that the Holy Spirit has placed in them and we'll watch them how they use that on the streets to see people get saved, get healed, etc. Okay? Um, so we're encouraged to desire the gifts of the Spirit, all of them. Not just one or two, we're encouraged to desire them. And he wants to speak to us. And if you remember, you know, you had a week of, uh, you know, God does speak, you know can hear God and you both are quite able to hear the Holy Spirit but as I've been saying is what language does he speak in and it does not always German or English um, he speaks through the supernatural aspect of the gifts of the Spirit this is one aspect of his language and um, there are languages that are common in the spirit world but are not perceived in the natural realm. Okay, so that music was in the atmosphere here, wasn't it? But none of us could hear it unless we had a, a device that could pick it up. There you go. Television is exactly the same. You know, it's always in the atmosphere. You get the right device, and you can listen to it. The gifts of the spirit are exactly the same, but in the spiritual realm, God's always speaking. That's what He's like. He always makes things known. How do we respond? How do we pick it up? How do you? How did you minister to people on um, Sunday? It is by tuning yourself in to the Holy Spirit, trying to learn from him, trying to pick up on what he wants to do. Oops. Uh, so, as I said, you know, within this heavenly realm that we're sat in now, the communication of God is through the gifts of the Spirit, is one way it comes, uh, and brings revelation and that's why they're called the revelatory gifts. Okay? So as I said, the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are to the spirit realm what radio and television are to the natural realm. And an example from Scripture to help us understand this, remember in 2 Kings verse 6, Elisha's servant is there and he's panicking because he sees the armies around him. Elisha prays for him and in that praying for him Elisha is able to hear what king of Aram was saying in secret he was able to hear it so there is a gift being given to Elisha's servant so that he could hear things that have been spoken about in secret remember Jesus says he knew the secrets of their heart well how did that come it came through a revelatory gift and then, of course, his eyes get opened and he sees the angelic army. And he's no longer frightened about, you know, the thousands 
soldiers that are out there because he's just seen the angelic army which is on his side. Hmm. All revelatory gifting being given. Why does he get given? It's so that you are confident and assured of what you are doing. It brings insight to you. Uh, and the Holy Spirit wants you to more and more and more grow in this ability to hear and respond in the spiritual realm. Okay, And that's what we're after. That's what we're learning to try and do. So the word for gift comes from the Greek word charisma which means a divine enablement granted as a favour. So it's being granted to you as a favour. And we can't do anything to earn God gifts, so you don't, by being more holy, by being more pursuing after God, no, it is given to you as a favour. We are told to earnestly desire them, so it is something that you've got to, in your heart, want. I remember one student who came on the school I said, okay, um, let's uh, pray for you to be speaking tongues. No. What do you mean, no? I don't want it. Well, <laughs> you won't have the gift then if you don't want it. <laughs> but we're encouraged to earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Okay? Um, they're not a mark of maturity gifts at all. Um, you only have to be in church life for a long time to see people who are gifted in the spiritual realm but their character is rather flawed and God doesn't seem to have any concern whatsoever about doing that because actually the scripture said they are given without reproach meaning that he gives his gifts the presence of the Holy Spirit and the giftings in you but he never takes them back doesn't take them away from you and um, and so there is two aspects of our Christian life, which is gifting. We can imagine it one wing of a bird. So if we've just got that wing flowing, we don't do much flying. And then there's the fruit of the Spirit. And if we've got that wing flying, we don't do much. We make both of them in our Christian life, both fruit and gifting. Um, and God's gifts can be imparted by the laying on of hands. Uh, Romans 1 verse 11 and Acts 19 verse 6 are examples um, you know and Peter sorry Paul encourages Timothy to stir up the gift that was given to him by the laying on of hands so there is a, a way in which people who are gifted can lay hands on you and that is transferred and so I would encourage you at any time that's being offered by any a speaker that comes or comes to your church or in your group, just say yes please. Because this impartation is the way in which the Holy Spirit use, uses it to like multiply the gifting. It's not that you haven't got the gift. What happens is it seems to ignite the passion in you in that gift. So an example from my own experience was, oh gosh, back in the 80s, um, a man called John Wimber was coming to this country and teaching us about these things that I'm just talking to you about. Um, and I was in a large conference where he was, and he says, okay, the Holy Spirit's here, and he wants to impart gifts to you. Um, and for some reason, we were all stood up, and he says, right, I'm going to pray now. And I was going, oh, give me miracles. That's what I'm wanting, give me miracles. And he prayed. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming. I just impart now the gift of teaching. And it was as if it went boom in here. I knew that that thing had been exploded in me. Now, at that time, I used to think that this was a separate gift that had come along and hit me. And I was a bit wrong in that. All that happened is that the gift that's within you begins to explode and become more effective. And gosh, did I see it at work. And I'm not just talking about church stuff. I'm talking about being able to communicate um, aspects of my projects to people and enable them to uh, follow it. You know, how do you get a, um, a staff of about 300 people within a day to buy into all of the vision that you have for your project that's £100 million? You, you have to have something that just engages with people and enables them to respond and say, yes, I've got the vision for it, if you like. They're going to run with this for the next five years. And that whole aspect really developed in me um, and that's why I speak at church because I know that that gift functions in me okay so laying on of hands is a way in which the gift can be imparted and if it's ever offered to you I would certainly grab hold of it but um, what's the language of heaven like and as we've said uh, you know in Acts 2 verses 17-18 we see prophecies, visions and dreams Joel's prophecy recounts uh, in Acts 2 shows us that the language of heaven comes through prophecy, visions, dreams. That's where your men will dream dreams, your men shall, you know, that's that prophetic word. It's not the only way that God speaks, it's one way. I mean, he uses his word wonderfully well to speak to us. Uh, it's, you know, so called coincidences. Uh, he uses to speak to us uh, his still small voice is another way um, he speaks audibly to us in fact June Richards when she came to sale God audibly spoke to her and said you know, plant a church here uh, so it's just there's a myriad ways in which he does speak but one of the key ways he speaks is through prophecy, visions and dreams so we need to become open in ourselves to expecting and believing and taking notice of these things that are happening to us in the spiritual realm and begin to understand them all. So, I think in that prophecy week you've read that 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3, edification, exhortation, comfort, that's the reason why prophecy is given. And that is key. That is how prophecy is given in the New Testament. It is not judging, it is not accusing, it is not God seeing the nasty stuff in you and making it public. It's nothing to do with any of that. It's to do with edification, exhortation and comfort. And prophecy has two dimensions to it. There's foretelling and forthtelling. Right? Uh, so, try and explain these. Foretelling is basically what you've been learning to do i.e. you're declaring what the future is and it's you know the commonly understood aspect of the prophetic ministry as foretellers prophetic people are historians of events yet to take place 
basically that's what we're saying you're being given you're granted the permission to see something and then you're sharing that with the person that's why when we've practiced a few times I said to you and you know, you, I'm asking you to ask for more because what you're doing is you're trying to see and hear and respond to the spirit into the future of that person now it's not fortune telling that we're doing here this is encouragement so let's um, an example about two years ago as a church um, we left a group of churches called Partners in Harvest and it seemed to be the right time for us to leave it wasn't the nice comfortable time of leaving it was a, quite a difficult time but it was the right thing to do but it was hard for us as a church, really hard we didn't like doing it but we had to now, after that event took place Sharon was going through prophecies that she had written down and kept in a drawer so I think it must have been say, one year earlier uh, Ivan Allen, who I've talked to you about, Ivan and Isabel Allen from Toronto, uh, Ivan Allen had given a prophecy to Sharon. And she didn't want, <laughs> it was a strange feeling, but she didn't want any more prophecies. You know, she felt she had enough prophecies. But he was determined, he wanted to give this prophecy to her. And in the prophecy, it reads something like, uh, I should have put a copy to read it exactly, but it's something like, um, you're going to go through a separation, a, a difficult period. But it's all right. God's with you. Now, Sharon had taken that and put it in the drawer and forgot all about it. We go through a, a difficult separation. It was hard going, if you like. A year after, she said, oh gosh, did you see this? <laughs> Before it all happened, he told us. And how encouraging. Now, it might have been more encouraging if we had been diligent and read it and, oh yes, we know where we're going through, we're all right. Because he forewarned us. Another example, John Arnott, remember, guy from um, Toronto, main speaker, before the financial crash in 2008, he's, I mean, he used to have his own business, he had a lot of shares, a lot, quite a rich man, had a lot of shares, etc. Before 2008, he heard the Holy Spirit say in a prophetic word, that there was going to be a financial crash and that he should take his money out of shares. So he communicated to all of his churches saying, this is what I believe. You might need to take your money out of your shares. People did, like him. Crash happened, saved him a load of money. Just what I'm trying to say, that forth telling, you're seeing something in front of you. Agabus in Acts foretells that there's going to be a drought and that the you know famine I should say and that people ought to the churches ought to look after each other through that difficult period again it's that foretelling so that's where we're going with prophecy or learning so we're starting with saying words like you're loved by Jesus fantastic word you are his son fantastic you are blessed fantastic the anointing of God's on you and you're going to see a change come in your area of Germany. Now that might be, do you get what I mean? That might be a step extra on this prophetic word as you're reaching out to understand what's being said in the heavenly king. And we're going to learn and develop how to do that.
game. We can foretell events because we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, outside of time. There's no time in, in heaven. You're outside of it. We are sat in heavenly places. We, we had that. That was one of my teachings for you. This is where you are all the time. You are in heavenly places. Therefore, you have access to a realm that's beyond the normal realm so that you can be aware of what God's doing. And it helps us to have that timeless perspective on life, okay? Now, forthtelling is something quite different. Forthtelling is the God-given ability to cause the future. The other one is the ability to tell what's going to happen. But forthtelling is the God-given ability to cause the future. It's like we're co-creating with God. Chris Vallotton says it can come through the grace of God and it can come through the ministry of angels. Okay? So, looking at the grace of God as an example. This would be, an example would be Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 37, verses 1 to 10. Do you remember in that, it's the valley of the dry bones. And Ezekiel's told to prophesy over the dry bones. And he prophesies life into them. And what happens? They come to life. So this is a, a prophetic action of foretelling. He's speaking life and dry bones live. And we're commissioned to speak for God in that same way. Because it causes the invisible to become visible and emerge around us. That's how God does everything. He speaks. Let there be light. And what is that? There's light. He's been doing it all the time. It's always out of a word it's spoken. And that's why when we're praying for healing, we speak to the limb, grow. We speak to the condition, go in the name of Jesus. It's always out of words that we're, we're doing things because that's how God works in the kingdom. And that's why we're encouraged so often in scripture to mind your tongue. Mind what you're saying. Because so often you'll hear out of Christian lips, ah, oh, this is difficult. Oh. God's nowhere near, is he? And what are you creating around yourself? I'm a poor person. I can't do this. It's too difficult for me. I can't do it. And all of a sudden you create that around you. So we're encouraged to watch our tongue because God knows it's from this that we're speaking. Okay? So my example of foretelling, and I haven't had many, I have to say. I haven't had many, but there's one that I can remember. And I shared a bit with it the other week with you. And that was, um, I was... Um, speaking at, at church uh, one Sunday and I really heard the Holy Spirit say um, it's time for babies or there's going to be babies right that's what I said there's going to be babies now I immediately in my mind went oh that must mean then there's going to be lots of people get saved Christian babies but I knew it wasn't that one when I said it I knew it meant physical babies, but I was a bit too scared to think that, come on, I'm going to upset a woman here, aren't I? You know, this woman's been told she cannot have children. And I'm just saying, oh, it's time for babies. And I'd be like, 
not very empathetic with this lady who's had that negative thing over her life for I don't know how long. But I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew that it was babies. Anyway, woman starts to hysterically cry at the back of church. So I'm still trying to walk in my, it's got to be new Christians. So she's overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit with this evangelistic passion to get new Christians saved. And I went with that. I'm just trying to be real with you to show how silly we can be. I went with that intention to I'll help her get her spiritual baby. Anyway, I got to the back and I said, why are you crying? Was, she couldn't speak. Well, I'll speak to the lady next to her. So I said, she's been told she can't have any children. Now, fortunately, at that point, the grace of God takes over. His compassion, his awareness come. And I said out of my mouth the silliest thing. I said, Babies are the easiest thing for God. He loves to create babies. I prayed for her. She now has two children. So don't you? They, it's foretelling you're creating something with what you're speaking, joining in with, with God. And it's stunning. I, I haven't had many experiences of it, but that, that's one. And that's another aspect of that prophetic ministry. And who wouldn't want to grow and develop in your prophetic gift so that those things could happen? Okay? So how does this happen then? How does it happen? Well, to be honest with you, that lady received something called the prophetic reward. That's um, Matthew 10, verse 41. And in Matthew 10, verse 41, it talks about, you know, the prophet coming... If you believe in the prophet, you get the prophet's reward. If you don't, you just get the righteous man's reward. So what on earth is all of that? The reality is the prophetic reward, or the prophet's reward, is the ability to do what you couldn't do one second before. So one second before that prophetic word was uttered by the prophet, you weren't able to do it. One second after, you can now, this is why honouring prophetic words is very important. Even when that prophetic word is something as simple as, you are my son. Honouring it brings the life that was in the word that God spoke into being, in, into your life. If you don't honour it, you know, you're oh yeah, it's just because I'm his son there's no honour there then you get a righteousness man's reward which is well it's a nice word we're happy you know that's where we stay but if we our hearts become oh yes it becomes real now I have to say sometimes it's very difficult to grab hold of God's word and he, and he's, he has grace and he lets you know time can go by but you can still turn to his word like we did many years later and found the life of it in us, you know, for us. Okay, so prophet's reward is that when the prophet speaks, we're talking about a prophet here, not necessarily a person prophesying. So that role, or that office of prophet has come. Um, but it gives us the ability then to move in the grace of God to see the reality of it. So Grace can pull the worst sinner out of the deepest darkness. 
It's stunning what His grace can do, what He can do. You know, grace can transform a mass murderer into a super apostle. You know, Apostle Paul, what was he doing? Minutes before he gets saved, he's killing people, and in an instant, he's saved and becomes the best apostle ever. That's what grace can do. Grace can alter the course of a nation. Um, it can raise up dead a dead person. <laughs> um, you know, it can restore marriages. It can make sad people drunk with laughter. I think I, I don't know whether I told you, but there was an occasion when Kath had a, a lump on her breast. And I came home from work, and of course she's distraught with finding this lump on her breast. So, you know, what do we do now? You know, your mind is full of cancer, fear, whatever. All of that is just your mind's full of it. So we we said, well, let's pray. So I laid my hands on her, and as I was praying, I had this prophetic word, which was, "This is not unto death." Just spoke it out. Well, the result of her holding that word instantly, she got all and, and believed it. Was she went into laughter? She went from being fearful, um, weeping uncontrollably in a second to laughing her head off and full of joy. That's what Grace could do. Change it because she was totally well. And that is how wonderful being able to move with the prophetic gift is to people and what benefit it brings. And as I said, we get to do this all through the prophetic gift just stunning what he's willing to give us um, yeah Paul talks about gift equipping grace in Ephesians 4 verse 7 and 11 uh, and you can have a look at that um, Chris Vallotton has a testimony of uh, there's a let's assume we were a, a church group here Chris Vallotton from Bethel has come. He's a prophetic uh, prophet guy, and uh, he just he's looks at a lady and he looks at her and he says, um, "You're going to be a worship leader." So she, <laughs> she goes, "It's nonsense. I don't. I'm not musical, and I can't play." Now somebody had the wisdom just to talk to her and say, "Maybe you should just get hold of that word." Two years later, Chris Vallotton gets a letter from her saying, you know what, after that word, I began to believe that Dad has said I could lead worship. I'm now the worship leader in my church, and I've written songs and I've created a CD. The moment he spoke, she couldn't even play anything. Now, I've had the similar situation. Um, we were ministering in a church. Um, we were... It was very early days of trying to learn to move with the Holy Spirit, move with the giftings. And I'm walking down a, a group of people, and I stopped with this young lad, put my hands on him, and prophesied over him that he was going to lead worship. Just the same thing as Chris Patton, was going to lead worship. I, I mean, in those days, it, now I would have talked to the person, how does that word mean to you? But then it was just like, this prophet has spoken, you're going to lead worship, something like that. Anyway. Again, I get a letter from his dad. At that point, he was not musical, at least showed no musical ability. He then went home, he believed that word, 
He went home, learnt to play the piano, leads worship in his church. It's just, you think, yes, that's what the prophetic gift can do to people as you speak out into their lives what God's wanting to do. They grab hold of it and believe it, which is the prophet's reward. And that instant that they were, you know, the instant later, they're able to do what God is enabling them to do. Now, they might have to learn things like learn piano. They might have to, it might take time to develop, but it has started, you know, it has started in them. So the value that the individual places on the word determines the power you receive from it. And that's why the culture of honour is so important. Because if in our mindset the only person that's really worth honouring is the Chris Valentin type, i.e. the full-time conference speaker who is well gifted, that's the only one we will honour, then we will miss the child who is five-year-old speaking the word of God to you because you dismiss it. You don't think it's... That's not, that's not going to be like his. And the reality is, Holy Spirit doesn't really mind who he uses. And so the culture of honour, which we teach you and tell you about, is so important that you honour the gifting that's in everybody around you. The result of that is that from the five-year-old, you may have just received the most life-changing word ever because the Spirit of God is just working through them. And it all comes with a, an attitude of heart that says, yes, okay, I'm going to honour the gifting that the Holy Spirit has put in people and use them. Now, I'm not saying, you know, put throw your mind away. Remember, the scripture says quite clearly, prophets speak and it's up to the rest of us to weigh the word. We always have to weigh what's said to us. We don't go, oh, yeah, oh he said, I've got to go to Africa. All right, off I go to Africa. No, you've got to weigh the word always. But you weigh it in an honour in fashion, remembering that they might be in the process of getting one out of five right. Do you see what I mean? We, Paul says we see in part, we see in a mirror dimly, you know, so looking into this heavenly realm, picking up everything from the Holy Spirit, we do see it dimly. We're, you know, we're picking it up dimly. We're, we're learning and growing, and we read from that book, Sean Bolt's fifteen years learning. That's developed his hearing. And I was saying to you last week that one occasion of those, you know, you hear the Holy Spirit to say something, you you do it with a bit nervous, but I'm going to do it anyway, it, it causes an explosion of the gift in you that then enables you to do it more. And so, you know, that, that person who's trying, seeing dimly, one of these attempts may be the one that just explodes that gift in them and in you. Um, I've had, maybe I've had more than one false telling, because um, I remember another service at church there was I don't know, maybe 50 of us in the service and uh, I'd ask people to come forward for ministry and then you know there's a whole host of people there and I'm going around them and I stop at a couple and as I'm looking at them I hear the Holy Spirit say they're going to be this is probably um, foretelling they're going to be 
um, missionaries. They're going to go and do missionary work. Well, as soon as I said the word, like the power of God hit them. They're on the floor shaking and crying or whatever. Because, you know, like the few days before, they've been making this decision with God, I, I think we're going to go on the mission field. And, and they went to Mostar um, in, where's that? That's in um, Slovakia area. Um, after the war, remember there was a war there and they went after the war to, to help in that situation and were there for probably about three years. Um, and so I had been given that privilege to speak a word that brought that, oh, yes, to them. Hear God. And there was another event, it's another foretelling. Um, I was at a conference in Manchester. Uh, we were praying for people. I stopped at this guy, praying for him. I could see a vision. And in the vision I could see people in pews with big chains around their ankles. And I just said, the Holy Spirit's taking you to a place now where people have been uh, held in religious constraints and you're going to go and bring freedom to them. And the guy's sobbing, he's hard, his wife's sobbing. And, oh gosh, what's happened to me? And it's like one of those events two days before heard the Holy Spirit say they were to go to a certain country they were going to set people free from religious constraints that was there and here am I saying the same thing to them so no wonder they're sobbing and you get this opportunity to join in and help people hear this wonderful communication of God that's going on in this realm that enables people to go, yes, okay, I'm going with you, God. Now, it's not all 100% easy. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, they've still got tough things to go through. But they know that they heard God. They know that it was confirmed, and they're going with it. Okay? Apparently, forth-telling by angels, that's the ability to create something. Um, Psalm 103, verse 20, shows us that angels perform the word of God that is proclaimed by the voice of God. So if God speaks, angels bring that word. And it's always creative. Um, an example I love is when Peter's asked to get out of the boat. And Jesus, Peter says, can I come? And Jesus says, come. Peter steps out of the boat and he's walking on water. Then he starts to look at the waves and he sinks. Now, how did he walk on water? It's because he walked on the word, come. God, who creates, speaks, come. Or immediately contained within that word is the ability to do what he couldn't do the minute before, which is walk on water. It's, and that's where prophetic words are so powerful because they contained within them the ability. Now, the truth is, we, we on Sunday, we had a few words of knowledge. In fact, uh, you prayed for Barney's hip, but that was as a result of a word of knowledge that somebody had given, Andy Barber gave. Uh, we had words of knowledge. Um, I had uh, toes, and um, what's his name? Ben. ben had dark nail varnish. We put the two together, and it's Henry Smith. Right, so you, you've got words of knowledge coming that are giving insights as to what God wants to do. If we were in a country like Brazil, who have so learned to honour gifts of the Spirit, 
what people like Randy Clark say is you don't even have to pray because the person has gone yes you know as soon as they've heard toe go gone oh look my toes are straightened out whereas in this country and in Europe we're still in the sceptical yeah it might not be God <laughs> it might not be um, well we'll wait and see or we'll reluctantly get out of our seat and go forward for prayer because well I do have a sore hip don't I it's so vague isn't it <laughs> oh, you know and it's really because we're lacking to honour the gift that's there the reality is within the word of knowledge is contained everything necessary for that healing a new hip to be formed if only we'll put our faith there and learn to believe it and so that's the process we're in in this in the western world I mean Brazil and Argentina have been running with a revival now for many many years their people have learned to just believe it and we'll watch some um, videos with Randy Clark and you'll see metal disappearing out of people in Brazil as they hear the word oh yes oh, look at that now all well, the metal's gone we're actually going to see one of those today um, so Prophet's reward, brilliant. It's all to do with honouring the prophet, honouring the prophetic gifting that's in people, however small. If you remember, when you were prophesying over Paula and Rebecca, both of them said, those words are just very encouraging. Now, that was I got them to say those things to encourage you so that you will believe that you actually are moving in this gift. It's only a tiny one at the moment. It's like a tiny apple. Don't dismiss it. You are moving in the gift. It's got to grow to become a full-grown thing that's really wonderful, but it's still developing, okay? Visions. Have you ever had a vision, Mary? You know, in your mind's eye? to how you define vision okay well I'll, I'll define it and then maybe you can see it okay so visions in the mind okay um, it's in which the Lord projects images or pictures onto the screen of your mind now we can all do a simple exercise now um, what's your favourite German food what's your favourite food there are a few uh, as you pronounce it <laughs> Maultaschen. Uh, Maultaschen. Right, close your eyes. Is it that your favourite? Yeah. yeah, okay, close your eyes. Can you imagine what that looks like? And just see it in your mind's eye. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah? So you have a natural ability just to... Remember, you can think of fish and chips. Cause <laughs> <laughs> we can all do it. You know, it's just... A, uh, we have the ability to see things in this when our eyes are closed we can our imagination coming now imagine Holy Spirit coming touching your imagination and bringing you an insight from God on that same television screen okay that's what a vision is that's all it is um, but it's under the influence of the Holy Spirit and it can feel like our own thoughts because it will just be like imagine what fish and chips looks like or imagine what your favourite German food looks like it's just exactly the same and you can dismiss it very easily oh yes that's not the real thing 
What do you mean it's not the real thing? Come on. <laughs> you know, God's just touched a natural bit of you with something that's supernatural. And um, so have you had any visions like that? Yeah, some pictures. Yeah, pictures. You have. Good. And your team? Have you? Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So that you're having visions. So when you read in scripture about visions, you are actually having them, all right? So now honour them, you know, respect them, believe in them, expect to see more. An open vision, this is an image you are having with your natural eyes. So you're actually seeing something happen. Um, And usually you can still interact with people when that's happening it's like you can see something so remember praying for a lady who had um, um, oh gosh it was a cancer situation that she had in her body and I was seeing like this healing envelope around her so I was I could talk to her except but I was just seeing this healing envelope around the lady as we were praying Uh, and I've discovered that this ability, remember, to see fish and chips, and then the ability to see it when your eyes are open, it's all a bit... It can move from one to the other. Um, I remember having an event, and I'm, I find it difficult to think whether this was with my eyes open, my eyes closed, because it was a mixture of both. And it was... Um, all of a sudden, I was in a, a big, enormous hall. And there was a person here who had just got saved and there was angelic people around the person who had just got saved and when you looked at the walls of the building it was as if they were you had walls but then there wasn't walls it just extended forever it was just hard to describe and the person walked down through this hall and you knew as you were looking at this that it's father, son and holy spirit were there the person came to them and as they came in this vision, I could see that they were, you know, the father was looking at them, and they were looking back at the father, and Jesus was looking at them, and they were looking back at Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit was looking, and then it's like this look—you could see this look moving backwards and forwards. You actually, physically could see it. It was as if it was light coming out of the father, and out of the son, and out of the spirit, into them, and light coming out of them into them. And all of a sudden, there wasn't four; there was just one, and it was just one and that's what scripture says we have become one with the father one with the son one with the holy spirit and that was like ah i just it's stunning (laughs) to get what i mean it's stunning um and i like to spend time in my uh, time with jesus letting him use my imagination because i find that it just helps so i want i said Holy Spirit, could you take me to the garden I read in, in uh, you know, Song of Songs. Could you take me to that garden? I want to be in the garden of Jesus. And then, on my mind's eye, I'm, I'm seeing a waterfall falling here, waterfall, and the water's coming over these big leaves. It's coming down into this garden. And then I saw the Holy Spirit build a wall, you know, like a fence around here. And there was a, um, a couple of uh, sun loungers in this garden. And Jesus is lying on one. And he's laughing his head off. And that's what that's the picture I have. It's a lovely picture. But he's laughing like, I don't understand. Why are you laughing? I don't understand. So this went on for 
I've learned that you can go back. So if you've had an instance like that, you think, oh, that was a lovely encounter with the Holy Spirit. Just say, Holy Spirit, take me back there. So take me back to the garden, please. And Jesus is laughing. Oh, I wish you'd tell me why you were laughing. It was a lovely experience, but I wish you'd tell me why you were laughing. Oh, then I read scripture. He sits in heaven and laughs. You mean I was sat in heaven with you, the one who laughs in heaven, and I, there I was just letting my imagination be taken by the Spirit to help me in my relationship with the one I love and the one who loves me. All right? And that those you can just use that in your, uh, uh, you know, in your quiet time with him. I remember doing it in one of the lessons with the school, and all you German folks had pictures of those wonderful German fairy castles, you know, that you have uh, in Germany. Uh, various encounters with Jesus in those wonderful castles. <laughs> anyway, so um, we are able to see like the Holy Spirit's television set and he reveals information and truth to us. And sometimes you have to ask to wisdom to know how to use it. Um, dreams. We've all had dreams. We all dream most of the time. Some of us can't rec- remember our dreams. Um, but we do get spiritual dreams. Um, and there's two types. Virtual reality. Virtual reality dreams. This is the actual vision on the mind as you sleep. It's just the same as trying to remember fish and chips and seeing fish and chips. It's just that on your mind you're seeing something. Okay. Um, they often need interpreting. Daniel in chapter 2 verses 31 to 36 has that type of dream and he interprets it. Um, I had one very important. There was a guy came from New Zealand and this I'm not talking negatively about him. It was this dream was given to help us as a church. Um, and he had come and he was quite an influential guy and he seemed to be drawing people off from church towards him you could come and be part of my team you could be the Great Britain team you could be I want you to be involved and it didn't really feel right there was something not quite no maybe you shouldn't be doing that in our church so um, and I didn't share and I'm quite positive about what was going on so I remember waking up one night after having a dream and in this dream there was a fire coming and this fire you know often we talk about the Holy Spirit as being fire and it's good but this fire was not good this fire was going to burn and it was going to hurt right and it was coming at some pace and where the dream was you know um, you remember when they used to take the covered wagons into a circle so there was like the circle of the covered wagons and there was like a corral all the way around and then there was two gates in and the fire was already burning on the tops of the gates and I found myself in this dream knowing that the gates were Andy and Sharon, knowing that um, the people in the covered wagons were our church people, and I'm in the middle ringing this bell, fire bell, warning them. So that's a spiritual dream. I know the Holy Spirit's given me that for a reason for our church. So I rang up Andy and Sharon, shared the dream with them, and they just heard the thing. Yes. So we asked the New Zealand guy, maybe you'd like to just go home to New Zealand and it's not for us what you're offering. And so the Holy Spirit 
uses dreams to bring insight to us. Uh, and that's why I would say, take notice of the dreams. Make a note of them. You never know he's speaking to you. Reality dreams, this is a real experience our spirit has when we're asleep. Um, and it, I mean, some people have had some quite stunning events that take place. Um, excuse me. Remember, an angel came to Joseph in a dream to say, take Jesus into Egypt. That is what we're talking about. It's a real spiritual experience that you're having in a dream. I remember having one myself um, where I'm in this dream and it's like real. I'm in heaven. There is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm next to them. Father takes it, well it was Jesus, right? Jesus takes his hand, places his hand right inside me and says, receive my faith. Oh gosh, didn't it do something for me? Just changed me. That spiritual encounter is real in your dream. It's a reality dream. Um, not all dreams come from God. We all know that we all dream. Medical people have found that out, so that obviously every dream doesn't come from God. A dream can come from an evil spirit. You can be tormented with a dream. But also, Holy Spirit does use dreams to gain insight and direction for us. Um, so you need to pray for interpretation. You need to ask people, what do you think of that dream? Um, Alice Colson, I think I've shared with you a little bit, but uh, she said to the Holy Spirit, I might have told you this, but anyway, she said to the Holy Spirit, I would like to learn how to cast demons out of people, please. Please, could you teach me? So she's earnestly desiring this distinguishing of spirits gifting. Please, could you teach me? Then she says in her story, she says, you know, I had these awful nightmares. Monsters were chasing me. And it was just so scary. I'd wake up sweating. And I was just, I thought, I'm being, after asking God for this ability, I am now being so attacked by the enemy. And she would get people to pray and fast. She fasted, prayed, God, take these terrible nightmares. Enemy, go away, go away. You know, and bleed, bleed the blood of Jesus over me. And these nightmares continued. And then she said, she rose up in her whatever and said, in the name of Jesus, stop. And the nightmares changed. And in them, she was chasing monsters. She was running and chasing monsters everywhere. And then she said, Holy Spirit, is this your dream? And I've been trying to stop you from teaching. He says, yes. <laughs> These are all from me. And then she heard the Holy Spirit say, tomorrow at church there's going to be a lady who will manifest a demon and you're to cast him out. So she rang her pastor up and said, look, I'm just warning you, tomorrow in church there's going to be a woman who will manifest a demon but don't worry, I will go and do it, and I will cast the demon out. So, the morning comes, woman in the worship manifests a demon, she goes over, in the name of Jesus come out, and the demon goes. And she's become very, very effective in ministering deliverance to people. So I'm using that example to say, you know, ask for interpretation, because sometimes what might we might in our normal thinking think this is terrible, it's the enemy. It's like God's teaching you and training you. 
and we need to learn to be responsive to it. Become good stewards of your dreams. I would encourage you, become good stewards of them. He will open you up to more dreams, more dreamlike. Trances. Um, the Greek word for trance means out of your mind. And I think listening to John Crowder when he came to church, I, I got a better insight as to what trances were because his interpretation of the Greek word for trance is out of your mind, overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit. So when we were praying for you last week in your back and you felt that presence of the Holy Spirit and it was just a lovely presence around you and you were sensing it, that's what he would call is a trance. So you've experienced the trance. Now, he's saying that as we yield ourselves to those encounters with the Spirit, we will get more insight of the, this heavenly kingdom around us. Okay, um, I think other people would probably teach that a, a trance is you totally out of it and there's an encounter with God like I mean you have to say um, there's a lady no, I don't know her surname Etta Maria Etta I think her name was and she went into a trance and stood for many days like transfixed and people came to know Jesus through looking at her so certainly <laughs> events like that which are totally this is not normal, do you get what I mean? That's what you'd feel, but that's supernaturally not normal. But I think John Crowder would say it's wider than that, and it is, and it covers a lot of our encounters, just like we were having last week. Okay. And both Peter and Paul experienced trances, didn't they? Um, you remember Peter? You know, I'm um, I'm a good Jew and I don't eat anything unclean and then he has a trance and in which he sees the tablecloth coming down with all the food on it and God says well I've called clean don't you call unclean and immediately he's called to the house of Cornelius and that's when the Gentiles came to know the gospel ah stunningly wonderful trance <laughs> to get what I mean so you know for us all to be open and willing to be used by God in, in trances would be wonderful and you know you can't work it up it's a sovereign act of God um, Maria Etta couldn't have stood there for all that time in that trance it had to be a, you know, an action of God um, how are we doing are we, I've got a couple more slides then we'll have a break and watch the film is that alright or do you need a break now okay. um, distinguishing of spirits you know, this is the ability to know the source of a spiritual activity that's all it is um, you know, whether it's coming from the human side of things, whether it's an evil spirit doing something, i.e. the person needs deliverance, or whether it's from God. And it comes through feeling, knowing, something in a knower. You sense it, right? You distinguish something. Um, Many prophetic people experience this without understanding what it is. And, you know, they, they'll feel it, they'll sense oh, something odd here, you know. Um, you usually can't discern the spiritual source of somebody's manifestation by simply observing. So somebody's shaking. Right. Well, what is that? 
What's causing that? Have I got Parkinson's disease? I might have. That's why I'm shaking. It might be that a demon has just left me, and I'm, that's the aftermath of him going. I'm just shaking. Or it might be the Holy Spirit is causing me to shake because the power of God's come on me. So I can't really tell what the source of this manifestation is by just looking. I need a gifting. That's another one of the languages that's going on, distinguishing the spirits. Um, Daniel 8.27 says that he was exhausted and sick for many days after having an encounter with God. Now, if we had somebody in our church who was exhausted and sick for many days, in our thinking, our first thinking wouldn't be, oh yes, you've had a wonderful encounter with God. It would be, oh, you must have picked up a bug. (laughs) And that's where our minds are so messed up, really, because we're not hearing in the spirit realm everything that's going on. But that's just interesting. It's there in scripture, Daniel has an encounter with God and he's sick for many days afterwards. Um, this ability to distinguish spirits is in, so important. Um, I'll give uh, two examples. Uh, how do you know when somebody's saved? I remember being in church and I was handing out communion, uh, going down the line, handing out communion, bread and wine, going down the line. And I get to this couple and the, the ladies like signalling he's not saved you know the, the boyfriend not saved I don't know what she was expecting I was going to do <laughs> anyway she was mouthing he's not saved so I come to him and as soon as I come to him give him the bread and wine the Holy Spirit says he is saved I just Okay, distinguishing spirits. I know what the source of it's in it. The girlfriend didn't, <laughs> from just observing. So I just looked at him and said, Roger, you've given your life to Jesus, haven't you? Sobbing. Yes, I have. <laughs> you know, distinguishing of spirits. That's all that, that gift was. Uh, then there was another event where I was asked to go and see this couple, and they're, um, again, <laughs> The wife has set this up because she wants me to do something with the husband who isn't saved. She set it up. I walk in. He's not saved. You know, that's basically what's going on. <laughs> Holy Spirit says, he's saved. I says, when did you give your life to Jesus? And sobbing, it was last night. <laughs> you think, come on, we've got to learn to pick up this language of the Spirit here so that we know how to minister to people rather than condemning them, or you're not saved, let me go through the four spiritual laws to get you saved, or something daft like that, when really they'd already given their life to Jesus many, many times before. But suspicion is the evil stepmother of distinguishing the spirits. Right? What do I mean by that? Being suspicious of, oh, I'm not sure of her manifestation there, I'm a bit suspicious of it. That is not distinguishing the spirits. <gasps> it's the worst thing, it cripples churches. Because, oh, I don't know whether I can trust you. And you're not working in this whole aspect of honouring the gifting that's in people. So suspicion, not, not good. So if you find yourself being suspicious, it's unlikely to have flowed from the Spirit of God. Okay, God's voice, the still small voice. I mean... 
that is just how he, he, he speaks. This is a way in which he speaks to us, a way in which he makes things known in those intimate moments, those passing thoughts, those sudden impressions, or internal knowing. It's just the ability to get to know what's happening in this kingdom around here, developing in your relationship, so that you, as Phil was saying on Sunday, can say, I am the disciple who is loved. I know I'm loved. And that's what he's doing all the time, just speaking to you. You're loved, you're loved, you're loved, you're loved. So that we, like John, lay our head on his chest and are with him right in everything. We're not trying to do it. We just respond out of the love that he keeps putting in our life. Still small voice. Wonderful how he speaks to us. And then we're just a little bit of inference about word and knowledge. We'll go into that next week a bit more detail. But these are facts, or fact or facts that are communicated to us by the Lord, often used in healing, but not always. And if you look at what Sean um, Boltz teaches in his book and in other teachings that we might listen to, it's like really goes hand in hand with prophecy. An example of that might be you're prophesying over a lady and you say, um, you know, I see that you're a nurse, etc. And the lady's going, oh, yes, I'm a nurse. Now, that's not prophecy. That is word of knowledge. You've had an insight given to you about them, that they're a nurse. Um, I've had it about them, you know, that you're an artist, you're a, you play music, you do X, Y, Z, you're a football player. All of that bit of information that's coming is word of knowledge. What does it do to the person? Oh, he knows me. Now, imagine what it's like if you could go and your name is Tom. <laughs> Ooh, you know my name. And your birth date is. And you live on street number X, Y, and Z. And you are... You would really go, I want to listen to this now. Because the one who knows every hair in my head is just making it clear that he does. And that's where Sean Boltz has gone to with words of knowledge. So when he uh, was prophesying in our church and, uh, you know, he said, um, he gave a, a date and Timo put his hand up and said, that's my wife's birthday. And he said, uh, I see you hacking down a tree. And he says, well, my surname's Hack. And then there's another one about that it's only God could give the information, right? So immediately Ruth and Timo are listening to this prophetic word. Same with Celia. She says, is there, is there a dean here? I think there's three of them from our church. Is there a dean? So Celia, yeah, yeah, my name's Dean. And, and um, no, I can't remember the baby's name, but I'll call it Alice, it might not be Alice. But, and does Alice mean anything? Oh, that's my baby. So then they, he had a prophetic word for her baby about future events for her baby. Well, what would you be doing as a mother? This would be exciting. You're hearing Father talk to you about your baby. Then he said, um, I think there's somebody from the army here. There's a major here. A major, major. And of course it was our Rachel major who, you know, um, comes down from Sunderland with her husband. Um, and then he had a prophetic word for her. She wasn't even 
No, she wasn't there. No, she had gone just before he'd, he'd started. So they were in, incredibly how the word of knowledge and prophecy just linked together and what it did was open up our hearts. Now, Isabel and Ivan do it in a slightly different way, but they do something very similar in when they're prophesying because they're telling you a lot about you and about your what you think, what you've been feeling about your relationship with God, what it's like. And it's like a story unfolding about you and your relationship with Jesus and just tell you all this stuff and you go, oh, yes, 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 yes. And then they tell you foretelling what's going to happen. And, of course, you're going, yes, God's spoken to me. Right? He knows me. So that's where we're aiming to go with prophecy, that you would carry that words, names, information. I mean, Carl Fletcher, I remember him in an Anglican church giving the registration number of a car. And unfortunately, it freaked the woman out so much that he would know his, her registration of her car that she couldn't cope. <laughs> so you do have to be mindful that sometimes people just who are not used to it go, <gasps> there's something terrible It's not. It's just a loving father revealing truth. Um, Another one, Chris Vallotton. Um, you know, words and knowledge can also come through dreams and visions. And Chris Vallotton shares something I think is just wonderful. <laughs> God is wonderful. So he, uh, before he went full time in the church, he had a, a, a car business, and he had an old computer system, and he only had three levels of. Um, this was the financial side of things. So he had three levels of payment, I don't really understand it, but three levels of payment, and he needed to go to five so he got IT expert in, please could you look after my computer system and move me up to five, the answer was unfortunately on your computers impossible, um, you've got a choice, whole new computer system in your uh, you know, in your, um, in your office here um, you could buy a new software package but unfortunately that won't run on your old computers anyway so Chris and his wife were left with, like, what's the options, you know? have to get thousands of pounds out of the bank, take a loan to buy the new computer system, um, ask for God to provide the money so that they could buy a new option. That might have happened. Um, or could God do something else? Well, Chris says that uh, he woke up with a dream, and in the dream... He had seen a series of numbers. So this is like two, three in the morning. He wakes up with this, sees these numbers, writes them down. Wakes his wife up, who was the computer person for their business, you know, at three in the morning, and says, come with me to the office. So she said, what are you talking about? No, I know these numbers are for our computer. I know they are. So they go to the office, and she's like, okay, what are the numbers? So they type in the numbers. And immediately the computer jumps to, you know, people who know what they're doing go past that front screen, which we all see, and they can go in behind, can't they? So their computer jumped to that. They finished off putting the numbers in. They then had five levels of expenditure on their computer without having to buy a whole new computer system. So word of knowledge, i.e. what numbers you need, came in a dream that they did which ended up being the provision of God that didn't need to replace their computer systems. God can do anything. He, the impossible is possible. 
our job is to listen in this supernatural realm and respond to it. Um, and we'll look next week into words and knowledge. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.